This episode of the Golf Game Podcast on the Sports Game Podcast Network is presented to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code SGP. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on football. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code SGP. And we're also brought to you by GameTime. Snag the tickets without the stress. Use promo code CFBX on your first purchase to save 20 bucks. Download the Game Time app and use promo code CFBX. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Play the Underdog Pick 'em in college or NFL and win up to 20 times your money in one game. Plus, every Sunday they're giving away 100K. Use promo code SGPN at Underdog Fantasy for a 100% deposit bonus up to 500 bucks. And finally, Hall of Fame bets the sports betting research platform for pilots, player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com. Use code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. All right, DJs, welcome back. It's Ryder Cup week, baby. We're here for the preview with your boy, Boston Capper, with the God of himself, Steve Shermer. Steve, I know football didn't go well for you. You got rained out in golf, but we do get to talk Ryder Cup today. We do. And do you like how I actually scripted uh, like uh, the Americans tonight with their red, white, and blue uh, attire? Yeah. As you see, I have my neutral colors on. I don't, I don't know which way I'm going yet. Mm, okay. Okay. I, you know what? I mean, I, I'm surprised. I know last show you said, uh, you know, you said that you definitely cannot root for the Europeans. I can't. Or, uh, I you can't. can't. But then I saw the article with Keegan about how like he got his wife, like, in the room when Zach Johnson called yeah. and apparently Netflix called him. And he's like, Oh, I'm definitely got picked. And those bastards over there just wanted to build drama. Yeah. Oh yeah. Maybe, maybe you should yeah, manage that. I won't, I won't be watching. I won't be yeah. watching that episode. I, oh, I there's a spider just drop right in front of me. Hold on. Let's get rid of you. <laughs> Is that like, did that just, did that just get on camera? The spider. Might have been maybe. So, uh, no, I am very excited to talk about the Ryder Cup, not my shitty NFL picks that uh, we're, I think last week we were like, yeah, we're doing pretty good. You know, we're a golf show. We're picking on NFL and I did not do well this week. Uh, so, but the, listen, I, my, my purpose to you guys is not to give NFL picks is to break down golf courses, tell you what to bet on. Uh, give some decent picks, uh, yeah. get some hot takes on some golfers, which we'll have plenty tonight. Um, but yeah, that's what we're going to do. We're finally here to the Ryder Cup. No more speculation. We are in crunch time. Uh, we get to, well, I guess we are going to speculate a little bit based on what the practice rounds are going to be, who the pairings are. Although, uh, the Europeans are definitely been a little more cagey than the Americans are because the Americans this week basically gave away exactly, uh, what their game plan is with their press conferences. Did you see that by the way? No. Okay. We'll talk about that in a little bit because we're going to talk about speculative pairings. Uh, at the end here, because that's kind of what you have to look for as far as betting strategies and trying to yeah. guess how many sessions guys are getting, who they're going to pair with. We'll talk about that a little bit. But uh, so I told you before the show that uh, I saw they all have stupid mullets. You see that? I saw two of them have stupid mullets. I saw Sam Burns, who's been rocking a mullet for probably the last couple of months, and then Brooks Kapka went from homeless to a uh, mullet. I, don't, I, don't, I legit don't know what I'm going to do because like, I want to root against Sam Burns. I, like, I want to see certain Americans just like fail mm-hmm. well <sighs> i mean well i think the last <laughs> time they had mullets so i think ricky wore a mullet in 2014 and uh i think the european press called it a jangoistic uh attitude oh, uh, yeah they're they're pretty uh <laughs> ornery with uh, america's kind of trying to have a little bit of fun with the Ryder cup but yeah ricky i think he had a mullet and he carved usa uh, into side of them. And I think uh, when I was on Twitter, I saw some memes after Rory beat him like six and five on Sunday. They uh, had Rory 
uh, on his, uh, his head there. But uh, yeah, they're all doing mullets. Uh, apparently, uh, you know, they're really bonding over that uh, text chain uh, that they've been uh, doing for the last couple weeks. Because, you know, listen, like with men, like we have trouble kind of interacting, but, you know, we basically use a text chain as an excuse to talk to people, not actually getting together and talking and everything like that face to face. Just a text chain where you can actually communicate at your convenience. You know, yeah, definitely a lot of team bonding going on with Team USA right now. Any response oh, to that? Right. <laughs> I know. No, I just, I really don't know what I'm going to do. This is so, okay. this is all, I'm already frustrated. It's fucking Sunday night. <laughs> I know. I know. I know you are because I feel like you're going to have to bet the flag. Uh, you don't like to want to, because like I said, a couple of shows ago, you're very lukewarm. I'm pretty much everybody on this team because all your favorite yeah. guys, the Americans, pretty much went to, they went to live. Yeah. Uh, the ones you actually kind of want to, you know, have an edge and have some personality. These yeah. guys are kind of just. Yeah. And that's, that's hard for you to get behind a dial town. Whereas the Europeans, they definitely have the more fun personalities. They have a little more fire. They're way more likable to root for. It's like that almost every single year. too. <sighs> all right. All right. Well, let's get to it then. Okay. Well, all right. So I'll give you three choices. Do you want to take our first ad break? Do you want to have me talk about the golf course? Or do you want to go over every single person on each team and what they've been kind of up to lately? Let's. Do, uh, let's do an ad break and then we'll go to golf course. Okay. All right. So listen, uh, we're back for another week of football. Sunday Night Football is on right now. And DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping us in the NFL action with great offers every single day. New customers can bet 5 bucks and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Throw 5 down on any of this week's epic matchups and we'll watch away, walk away with an instant winner. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Um, yeah, listen, so football is more fun when you're in on the action. So download the app now and sign up with code SGP. New customers can just bet $5 and get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The code SGP, the crown is yours. Gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. The state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance and... You guys need tickets to any of these games, or uh, if you're lucky enough to be flying over to uh, Italy and you don't have tickets to the Ryder Cup yet, you should check out the Game Time app because it's the place for last minute deals. You don't have to plan months ahead. They got deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. They got flash deals uh, for any sport, comedy, theater, show that you could want. Uh, and the Game Time guarantee means you always get the best price. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Um, plus, you get images of your seat, so you know exactly what you get. We're looking at you're not going to have a stanchion in front of you um and look super easy to buy it two taps you bought the tickets and they're sent directly to your phone so you don't even have to dig through your email so snag the tickets without the stress game time download the game time app create an account and use code cfbx for 20 bucks off your first purchase terms apply again create an account and redeem code cfbx for 20 dollars off and download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed all right let's talk about the golf course all right so let me pull this up right here. There you go. Can you see that? Capper, can you see that? Oh, yeah, I can see it. Sorry. Okay. All right, perfect. So this is Marco Simone. Uh, so in 2015, uh, there were bids from Italy and Germany and Austria and Spain uh, to host the 2023 Ryder Cup. And this golf course was awarded at the Ryder Cup, mostly because... Listen, it's in Rome. Um, I think there's also some speculation that maybe some uh, money was transferred. No way. Uh, alleg allegedly. No way. Uh, I, I saw an article today that apparently the price was right, 
for uh, the writer could be held at Marco Simone. I didn't really read it, but I'm just going to guess that uh, based on some things that have happened in Europe uh, with soccer and all this stuff. How about just the Olympics? The Olympics is the shadiest thing of fucking all time. Good yeah, lord. Or, or the Olympics, too. So, um, but uh, so this golf course was built in 1989. It was named after the Marco Simone Castle, which is right about here. It's right behind the fifth green right here. We'll, we'll uh, talk about that a little bit. But uh, it was designed by Jim Fazio, who is the older brother of Tom, basically like the Frank Stallone uh, of the Fazio uh, family, <laughs> uh, and David Mezzacane. So it was awarded the Ryder Cup. The problem was is that this thing was not remotely ready to host uh, a championship caliber event. Uh, let me actually show okay. you what it looks like back when it was awarded the Ryder Cup. So this is the full golf course right here. Okay. And that's what it looked like. So right. completely different. Uh, yeah. For example, I think the... Uh, Let's see. The 13th uh, green right here was kind of in like a little cow pasture over here. The uh, 12th green was in a bunker over here. Uh, this was all basically just farmland and everything. I think this was an old executive course. There was power lines that basically bisected the property too. So it wasn't remotely even ready to host a Ryder Cup. So I've, I've you have, have you ever played on a course where this is just like giant power lines up the left-hand side? Like, it's like I've been to a couple of courses like that. It's, it's kind of hilarious. Oh yeah. It's Shout out Bath country club down in the Southern tier here where there's power lines uh, going bisecting the 11th fairway that uh, I almost nail every single time with a driver. So uh, it's, but, it really is like, it is like a, it's like a magnet for balls. It's yes, fucking, it, it, def it, it, it definitely is. So, um, so anyway, so they had to basically redo pretty much the entire golf course. So they brought in uh, Jim Fazio's son, Tom Fazio II. It was not Tom Fazio's son, it's Jim Fazio. And Tom Fazio II is actually the uh, lead designer for Trump Golf. And they also brought in the European golf design who, with lead architect Dave Sampson. He mostly did this up, but they consulted with Tom Fazio II to basically renovate this entire piece of property. Okay. For two things. Number one, make it a championship-worthy golf course with longer holes, bigger challenges. But more importantly, though, it had to actually create a Ryder Cup venue, which, you know, it's two things. It's not just the golf course. It's the yes. fan experience, too. Right. It's about fitting the infrastructure here, like these grandstands right here. You couldn't really fit them there. Or having places where fans can congregate. Or Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Having the ability to have infrastructure where you have 250,000 yeah. people. Uh, congregating on site. So uh, they have created this Ryder Cup venue, and I posted a, a couple videos uh, in my column this week, which just dropped about 15 minutes ago. First was every single hole at Marco Simone by Golf Digest. They do this with all of the majors. I love watching these videos. That's definitely a great way to get a little bit of a flavor of what's really in store here. I also put, because this venue has hosted I think three or four Italian opens that we'll reference a couple times in this podcast. I put last year's final round highlights of uh, Basically, the, uh, the Keegan Bradley of Team Europe, uh, Adrian Moronk, he won the Italian Open. I know. Yeah, well, so he won the Italian Open, and I have his highlights. So, listen, he'll have a little bit of a part of uh, this Ryder Cup this week when uh, you watch those highlights. And also, if you want to see what it's like when a near-scratch handicap golfer uh, and a mid-handicapper take out Marcus Moan from the tips... Uh, it's a lot of really bad golf, and I put that video in there too with the no laying up guys. They uh, they had a video 
uh, from nice. Marco Simone. So I had my column this week, and I was trying to think about how to best describe this golf course to you. And I, I don't usually like to pat myself on the back too much about some of my writing, but I came up with an analogy that I thought was pretty clever. Okay. So I'm, I'm going to read it to you right now, and you're going to basically... This is how I basically see Marco Simone. So okay. if I could sum up this golf course with an analogy, it's like going to Dave and Buster's. Okay. So there's a lot of bells and whistles. You got giant arcade games, a thumping nightclub, neon bowling, flat screens with, his, with everywhere. You know, you got bar trivia, these sugary, vibrant cocktails with cool names, maybe an axe throwing station. Dave and Buster's is everything you need <sighs> to experience full sensory overload. Right. But going to Dave and Buster's, it's bad customer experience. You can't get a drink. The beer selections with the manager pours is basically limited to like Bud Lights or maybe a local beer if you're lucky. Uh, and the quality of food is basically like going to TGI Friday. So, you know, listen, like <laughs> dumping 25 bucks into the time crisis machine sounds like a great time. But more often than not, at five hours of Dave and Buster's, you're going to go out, walk out of there, overstimulate 175 bucks lighter in the wallet, and then need a buzz in the tums. And if I could describe this golf course like that, that's what this is. This has literally everything you can look for in a golf course. You want hero shots over water? You got that. You want comically contour greens with severe runoffs around like the greens and collection areas? You got that. You want holes with bottlenecking to 15 yards? You got that. You want thick, penal rough, like five feet off the fairway? That's on every single goddamn hole. And that's what this golf course is. There is so much going on with this thing, so much manufactured difficulty of it, yeah. that that's what this is. And look, like, you know, it can create for a very stern test of golf. But if you watch a lot of these Italian Opens, and if you see, like, how some of these guys played it, yeah. it can be circus golf. It can be kind of ridiculous. And that's not just my take. Like, when guys first went there a couple of years ago for the Italian Open, when they first reopened it the european tour players like hated this place they thought it was just rinky dink and too severe like some of these like greens are well above the fairway and you're hitting way uphill or yeah. they bottleneck severely there's stuff you got to carry over it's just not a very <coughs> excuse me i would say there's too much thought i i feel like they tried too hard to make this place but the, here's the thing though is the Ryder Cup's not about the golf course, really. It's and even so, like, and there's plenty of golf courses I consider bad that have produced really exciting golf tournaments. And there's a lot of golf courses I pretend to like have produced a lot of bad tournaments. And really, at the end of the day, is the Ryder Cup going to be exciting? Is it going to produce drama? Is it going to produce swings and matches? And that's what this is going to do for a couple of reasons. Like mostly it's because there's a bunch of drivable par fours and I'll show you here. So let's go up to actually the fifth hole. Is you seeing this? Okay. Like zooming in. Yeah. So, so are they going to play it like they did the open? Are they going to just go one through 18 or are they, are they reconfiguring how the holes, like are they starting on a different hole for the Ryder cup or are they just going one through 18? I think they're going one through 18. I, 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 I'm not exact. I, I believe comparing the Italian Open routing to what the routing is to the Ryder Cup, it's the same. Okay. So, so this is the fifth hole here, a drivable par four over water. Now, from the back tees here, and I went through all the shot link data for the European Tour, like how these guys did. And like you see a couple, like here's Asian Morongs, like his tee shots, and then Alexander Bjork, who was also in contention. He's a very short hitting guy. And I put a couple of reference points about like what they had to actually do in the hole. 
we'll talk about a little bit later about how driving distance and overall driving is a big edge. But from the back tees, everybody was basically laying up because from the back tees, it's about like 350 yards to carry it. And you just yeah, pretty far. But in the final round, they put everybody about right here. So then okay. it's about, okay, tempting these guys to go for it. And I say in the Ryder Cup, probably in a, probably, I would say in both four ball contests and probably on Sunday, I would say they're probably going to use the forward tees. Probably an alternate shot, they'll use the back tees. But here, it's tempting you to basically go over the water. You got a couple bunkers here uh, that are tempting you. But for a shorter hitter, Asian, you know, Alexander Bjork had to back, uh, basically lay up. And this is where Marco Simone Castle is, by the way. So this is going to be a very popular hole. That's the castle? Um, yeah, this is the castle right here, okay, just overlooking it. basically the fifth grade. What, what the hell? What's the, what's the backstory on the castle? I... Did not get to that. I wrote 4,100 words, and unfortunately, the backstory of the castle did uh, not make the cut. That's fine. There's going to be at least <laughs> 600 vignettes about it during the coverage. So, oh, yeah, uh, I'm sure. Of course. I'm sure. I'm sure we get, I'll be nauseated by the backstory. Yeah, by of day course. Two. All right. Uh, there's also the 11th hole. Uh, here it is, right here. So, this is, I would say, this is probably how far yeah. outside of Rome is this? It's actually like very close to Rome. So, one of the, the, the selling points of this place is. You can see St. Peter's Basilica. You can oh, see shit. the nice. Parthenon. Like it's it's a very hilly. It's basically built on the side of a mountain. It's yeah. a very hilly piece of property. And this is actually one of the examples of the holes where it's very hilly piece of property. So T box sits about forty feet below the putting surface here, but it's only three hundred thirty yards. But in the final round, you saw guys, and I'll actually zoom in here. It's a pretty wide fairway, but you had guys try and cut the corner over here, basically trying to get uh -huh. to the green. Now, Agent Morocco was able to do that. He was able to bail yeah. out in this front bunker right here. He's able to get up and down for a birdie. Alexander Bjork, though, so there's a creek running all the way down the left. That's basically a, uh, one of the pitfalls. If you miss left, you're yeah, basically yeah. going to be in here. But this is also really thick fescue. Yeah. And Alexander Bjork didn't quite make it. I think he was trying to get in this bunker right here, didn't make it, ended up making double on the hole. So that goes to show if you got enough pop to make it up the hill here in this front bunker, or even just like in this collection area over here, getting up and down is pretty easy. If you're a shorter hitter, you know, it's like a it's an uphill wedge shot, or if you miss left, you're in this hay right here. That's a bit of a problem. All right. All right. And then you got number 16. Hold on, let me, let me just say this. I'm gonna make something off sure. the jump. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to put something at the front of this too. I, listen, if you guys are still listening to this, go to YouTube so you can actually yes. see what 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 Steve is doing. Uh yeah, so just go to YouTube if you listen on the audio version. Um it's just the same thing. I do the same thing. Just go over to YouTube, listen to it at one on a quarter speed, whatever. Uh don't forget to subscribe and download. Yes, my my apologies. So now, the 16th here, this is a true drivable par four. You got a creek that bisects the fairway about 300 yards away from the back tees, but the, they were using the front tees, I think, for the entire tournament of the Italian. All right. You got a centerline bunker in case you want to lay up here that you got to navigate around. Um, but overall, from like here, I think it's only like maybe like 250 yards to carry it over here. Adrian, like guys like Adrian Moronk and Nikolai Hoygaard, who's on this Ryder Cup team, who's also won the title, by the way, they are able to get to the front of the green very easily, get up and down for birdie. As short here, like Alexander Bjork had to lay up every single day, though. So that's another example of, with this golf course, how driving is going to be really important. And guys, are gonna, they're going to basically want to entice people to go for the green. Now, you know, the danger is if you miss the green, you got all this water right here. Maybe if you lay up, you end up at this bunker, maybe in the creek here. But that's how it's going to be exciting. You got drivable par fours, at least three opportunities for it. This is the 16th hole, so you can see a match kind of flip that way. I think there's three par fives as well. And 
like I just mentioned, because there's just kind of a lot of circus golf this place, there's a lot of opportunities to have just car crashes. I mean, people yeah. watch NASCAR for car crashes. Like some of the most viewed PGA Tour videos they put out is one of those golf is oh. hard videos where these guys just yeah, mess up. And like all ar around the golf course. And I think there's been some debate about how thick the rough is going to be. But for the Italian Opens, like you have basically fairway, excuse me, a little bit of intermediate rough and then just thick fescue. Hey, if you watch um, some of the videos from the no laying up guys that they're basically in that fescue all day long, you're not advancing the ball. So, you know, it's very important to basically keep out of there. But yeah. if, you, if you're in a match and you find yourself in there, it's going to produce, you know, some car crashes and some swings and matches there too. So, and plus all the, the greens are severely contoured. Like if you watch the video of the hole by hole, You'll just see just how some of the ridges and shelves of these things, it's just very nice. tough. So I would say it's not a very well-designed golf course, <laughs> but it's going to be wildly entertaining. And especially because it's they've done a really good job creating areas where fans can congregate and the sound is going to reverberate around the golf course. So and on TV, you're just going to hear a lot of energy and you know, nice. all that stuff, which is going to enhance you know, basically the viewing product, which is what this really is at the end of the day. This it's is gonna, an entertainment product. It's going to irritate these soft ass motherfuckers that we got on our team. It's, gonna, uh, it's, oh, it's so annoying. It might. It, Xander and Cantlay and like. <laughs> it might. Uh, I'm a little worried about those guys. We'll talk about more about that on maybe Tuesday when we go over our bets. But um, yeah, I, I'm definitely a little worried about that. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think this is a good Ryder Cup venue. I think it's going to produce a lot of excitement, some entertainment. Uh, I think it's a better Ryder Cup venue than Bethpage Black is going to be in a couple of years. I think that's going to be a terrible venue, and they're only having it down there because it's Long Island. They want the New York crowd. Look at Long Island. Hey. Oh, my God. Bethpage Black is like everybody's just going to congregate around the 17th hole, but the entire golf course is up a hill and linear. Like no one ever goes to the back end of that property. I'm not sure like how the hell they're going to get people up there. It's gonna be. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're gonna get hate mail from BK now talking shit about Beth Page. Oh, whatever. <laughs> he knows. <laughs> so, uh, in terms of agronomy, this is actually an odd combination. I was very surprised, and this is gonna okay. play a little bit as far as what the some of the betting strategies is. So it's bent grass greens, very severely undulated bent grass greens. Okay. Uh, probably not gonna run very fast in the sit meter because they're so contoured. Otherwise, these things would just get way out of control. Yeah. Uh, Putting on glass type shit. Yeah, exactly. It's probably going to be slow, and they're just going to use the you know the slopes and basically create speed. Um, the rough is thick fescue rough, but the fairways are past pollen. Remember past pollen? Yeah. Yeah, it's well, the sea. It's the grass you grow by the sea, yeah, the ocean. That's weird. It's very weird. I thought that that's very strange. I mean, there's no ocean anywhere around here. Uh, and they wanted, I guess, a warm weather fairway strain, which plays yeah. into why driving is so important is because I think that was that was the last, that's like the cherry on top for me, which we'll get to in a little bit. But yeah. very strange grass combo, bent grass greens with past pollen fairways. I can't, yeah. I, I don't a, know of a golf, on our golf course with, with that. That's what I was going to ask. I was like, is there anything that even has that combo? No, there isn't. I mean, usually past pollen golf course are either just like all past pollen fairways and greens, or yeah. I think um, I think Kiowa was past pollen fairways, but I think Bermuda greens, but it was overseeded for the tournament. I don't know 
I mean, past pollen and Bermuda probably is a combo because yeah. they're both warm weather, but bent right. grass and past pollen, that's a, that's an odd one. Huh. Yeah. But I like that. All right. Well, that's the golf course. Uh, right. Maybe we'll put that to the side and we'll talk about players um, on each team, just kind of like what they've been doing lately. Yep. Um, and yeah, maybe we'll take another ad break and then we'll uh, go from there. Yeah. Real, well, before I cut that, just uh, what's uh, what are your two favorite holes on this course? Like what are you reviewing? Right. Not not like not like I love the architecture. Like, what do you think are going to be the two most entertaining holes while we're watching this? I mean, I think it's the ones I just I highlight. I think it's the fifth okay. hole. Um, you know, the drivable par four with the castle in the back. And I think the 16th here, I, I think matches yeah. are going to go to the 16th hole with the opportunities for either. Like if the guys are one up in the match, you know, they can get a birdie, close it out. And the guys only yeah. make par or maybe it flips here. Cool. Uh, I think those are going to be probably my favorite holes just to watch. No. Cause I think there's gonna be the most drama there. All right. Sweet. All right. All right. Well, okay. good stuff. Well, listen, underdog fantasy is also good shit. So uh, they got a new way to play alongside your favorite football team all season long. You can run up to 20 times your money in a single game by going 5-4-5. From now until October 4th, underdog is matching 100% of first deposits up to $500, bucks, $100,000 Sunday. It continues as well. Total of $2 million, $2 million in prizes all season long. 100 k in prizes this week. 10 k to 10 people this week. New sweepstakes every week to the NFL season. So what they do, uh, this one's obviously over. They did a Tyreek one. Basically, they throw it a prop. You pick it. doesn't have to win or lose. You throw it in one of your pick fives, and they're going to randomly select 10 people uh, to win 10K. Uh, so it's like a nice little lottery for you as well. So listen, watch along, make your picks, and maybe make a little cash over to Underdog's mobile app or website, underdogfantasy.com. When you sign up, use promo code SGPN. Underdog will double your first deposit up to 500 bucks. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code SGPN. And last but not least, Hall of Fame bets. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting analytics platform for pilots, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, MLB, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any pilot idea into the Hall of Fame Bets revolutionary pilot optimizer tool to get hit rates broken down by leg as well as expected probability for the entire pilot. Sort all players by hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which ones got value. So stop betting on the DAC and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame Bets to craft more intelligent data-driven pilots. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month today. Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame Bets. All right. Okay. All right. Let's start making hot takes about players, which is uh, yes. where you are going to come in. All right, so let's pretend that uh, you just don't know or who's on the Ryder Cup teams or you just maybe forgot. I mean, okay. listen, there hasn't been much golf that's been happening the last month or so. We haven't seen many of the Americans. So uh, maybe you need a reminder of uh, what mm-hmm. Americans or Europeans are on the team, what they've been doing lately, because, yeah, I know. Not much. Just Not much of the Americans. The Americans right. haven't been doing anything. They've been, they've been Well, yeah, spoiler. They haven't been doing much of anything. Only a couple guys have been doing much of stuff. So, all right. Number one on the United States in the points, Scotty Scheffler. This is the second Ryder Cup. He was 2-0-1 oh, in Whistling Straits. Uh, oh, he has one President's Cup, pairing with Sam Burns last year. 0-3-1. Oh, Not great yeah, there. He's stuck. He's yeah, stuck. Uh, he stuck. Uh, his last three finishes, he was T-6 at the Tour Championship, where he actually was dreadful because it was that's his finish position where he started at minus 10. Uh, he actually lost about a stroke per round to the field. Uh, T second T two at the BMW Championship. I don't want to talk about it. It's just going to make me really mad and upset. Uh, so we're just going to move on. And uh, a lackluster T thirty one. The fact St. Jude. So the biggest storyline with Scheffler is what is up with that putter. 
It's yeah. broken. It's been broken since I told you, like when he missed that little bunny at that play. It's been broken. Yep. It it, it has been. Uh, I mean, I can I can see that really being a problem in yeah. this Ryder Cup. Is it putting being a problem in the Ryder Cup? Mm-hmm. You, like in alternate shot anyway. Like so, who are they going to have him paired up with? You alluded to it. Like they they kind of gave it away with with the press conferences. So I, I would imagine he's he's going to be with Sam, right? Well, yeah. They so played that's together. The they're best friends. Yeah. So we can skip around. We can skip around a little bit. So. Let's let's talk about that right now. Yeah. Is the they basically had so there's two press there's three press conferences they're yeah. having with the Americans. One is with Burns, Scotty, JT, and Spieth. Yep. Natural parents. JT yeah. and Spieth are gonna be together. Burns and Scotty yeah. are gonna be together. Um of that, since we're kind of talking about Scotty, yeah. So Burns and Scotty are definitely the natural pairing. I think it is suicidal to play Burns in foursomes, alternate shot. Oh, with how, yeah, oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, with how erratic he is off the tee, and we just talked about it, like the, the like basically the worse and worse miss you have at Marcus Simone, the Fuck. worse off you are. And yeah. the whole point, I understand like in theory why you want Burns and Scott together. Like, all right, Burns is a big hitter. Scott is a great iron player. Burns is a great yeah. player. But if Burns puts Scotty in trouble in the hay, that takes away what Shepard does well as irons. Like it just, yep. that's a lost hole Correct. at that point. So I was thinking though, maybe Scotty and Spieth in foursomes might be good because you probably can't. Okay, because you can't play. All right, walk, walk me through that line. Because you can't play JT in probably foursomes either with how he's yeah, spraying he the ball. Yeah, he shouldn't even be there. But Jay, but Spieth has been driving the ball pretty well. Yeah, definitely. He's he's I mean, he's hot or cold with the putter, but you know, sometimes he can catch lightning. He's pretty good on undulating bent grass surfaces. So, and they're buddies from Texas. If you want to play the buddy angle. Okay. So I I was thinking that isn't Spieth start- significantly older than him though? No, Spieth is like he's like 30. Yeah, what's Scotty? I know he looks 40, but he's only like 24. No, he's like 26. Is he? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Remember, Spieth came out when he was like 20. Yeah. So he's been around for a while, but they're basically roughly only a couple of years from each other. Like, yeah, they, I think they used to play like junior events together. All right. So they're starting the event with foursomes. So I can actually see Spieth and Scotty getting paired together. Okay. Yeah. So there's sort of, all right. So you got Scotty there. Uh, and then, why don't we just, since we just talked about it, you got uh, Jordan Spieth. Uh, who was eighth on the list? Uh, this is fifth Ryder Cup. He was eight, seven, and three in the in there. He's got four Presidents Cups. He's thirteen, five, and one. A lot of these guys' match play records been really proper. And he was he was a he, he was a stud in the Presidents Cup. So he was. I think he was. He was four and zero. Oh. Uh, I mean, he's been yeah. really good in Ryder Cups in general too. Like yeah. even in losing efforts, he's been pretty good. Uh, not a great uh, FedEx Cup playoffs for him. T twenty seven, the Tour Championship. T thirty four, the BMW Championship. T six, FedEx St Jude. I uh, had a kid recently too. A lot going on for Spieth. Uh, and that's kind of, you know, he sometimes it's trick or treat with Spieth. You know, you don't really know what yeah. you're getting with him. No, that's that's the you fun. Know. That's the fun of the Spieth roller coaster. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, you got Sam Burns that we just talked about with Scotty. Uh, he is a technically Ryder Cup rookie, one President's Cup, 03 and 2, but he was carrying Scotty uh, oh during that period. I, I, I thought Burns played pretty well. Yeah, he did. He I played well. well. He did. I mean, the, the difference, though, is that at Quail Hollow, they shaved the rough to an inch and a half so he could spray it everywhere and not really matter. Uh, here, if he sprays it, that's going to be a disaster for him. 
Um, he was getting better as the Titus Cup playoffs went on. Uh, T9, the Tour Championship, but he started way back. Yeah. He had a good showing there. T15 at the BMW Championship. T52 at FedEx St. Jude, which is where things could go really wrong for Scotty because you, if you spray it at TBC Southwind, it goes south for you. Here it can go south for him too. So, But again, he hasn't played in a month. So who knows? That's, a, that's, a, that's the hottest thing about this. Like, it's like, what have they been working on? You know, Scotty's a fucking like maniacal. Like, you can see him just doing nothing but trying to fix his putting, right? So, yeah. I don't know. I mean, he has to come out with a new putter. He has to, right? Like, he, he has got a month to work on it. Like, you got to figure something out. It's so bad. I don't know. I mean, that's the thing, though. I don't think anyone really has a lean on this. So, and then Jordan Spieth's natural partner, Justin Thomas, his third Ryder Cup, six, two, and one, three President's Cup, 10, four, and three. That is exactly the sole reason why he's on this thing because it's yeah. not really his form. Uh, did play well at Fortnite, though. Uh, he got a fifth, which is basically the equivalent of finishing like T18 at Tory Pines. Get out of here. It's like fucking, it was like hitting a, a golf ball into a clown's mouth. Get out of here. You know, I was thinking about you as JT was like really bad on Sunday. I was like, <laughs> just like, just like, I'm, you thinking like I'm right? I'm always right about this guy. He's soft, and yep. I think he was. I think he was two over in the front nine. And he basically took yep. himself out of it. T twelve at Wyndham, which is basically like finishing T thirty at the uh, Riviera, <laughs> and they got cut at three M Open. So at least he's actually awesome. played something in the last two weeks. That's who knows with JT? Yeah, I, really know. I know. All right, I know. So the next press conference uh, that they had was the California guys. You had Cantley. You had Xander. You had Homa and you had Kyle Morikawa. So that's again, good. That's good. I, that's good. I, I like the Homa Morikawa pairing is like the pair I'm, I'm excited for. Yeah. So Homa recently played the Fortnite. So he actually yeah. has a little bit of tournaments, you know, under his belt recently. T7 there, respectable. Uh, did really, he, I think, of, other than uh, probably Cantley and Xander, uh, the best form in the FedEx Cup playoffs. Uh, T9 Tour Championship, T5 the BMW. Yeah. Playing great, driving the ball great too. That's going to be really important here. Four and zero at the Presidents Cup, technically Ryder Cup rookie, but you know, I mean, he he played really good. I mean, this team desperately needs energy and juice, and seems like he definitely could give that. You know, a, a nice jolt uh, to yeah. this team. Um, you got serial killer Cantlay, who um, I don't think I'm alone in worried about him getting rattled uh, no. by. The thing, the thing is, though, is that, and I was thinking about this because I, I, I think I messaged you about saying I had PTSD, or not PTSD, but uh, a panic attack yeah. about European fans getting on him for a slow play and him just yeah. kind of losing his mind. The thing is, though, with the European crowds, like when they get on guys, it's not all that mean, like a like an American crowd would be. Like, there's no real app yeah. bombs or anything like that. Like, like I remember in 2014, what got Patrick Reed all hot. All hot and bothered was uh, Reed Captain missed Murphy. a yeah Reed missed a putt I, like a two footer in 2014, and then uh, somebody yelled at him on uh, Sunday like you know did you work on your putting Patrick like it's, it's stuff like that, <laughs> and then that's where the famous shushing came from, and that's when like yeah. everybody loved Patrick at that point. Like, yeah. God, that seems like forever ago. Oof, yeah, happened. But anyways, yeah. it's stuff like that. So yeah. I can see him get on him for slow play, but like, I don't know if it's really going to rattle him all that much more. I, I think what would really rattle Cantley more is like, just, just like energy of like a pro European crowd, like not really behind him. 
That's why I think he's, think he's such a serial killer. Do you think he even gives a fuck? That's the other thing I was thinking about. Like, no, well, maybe. I mean, he got kind of rattled in Royal Melbourne, and the Australians were on on him a little bit. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, uh, but anyways, I mean, he hasn't played since the Fezco playoffs, but fifth at Tour Championship, 15th at BMW Championship, second at FedEx St. Jude, where again, though, he got in a position to win and then immediately choked, which is another concerning thing. Like when the pressure's on, I mean, we all make fun of Patrick Cantlay as just takes himself out of the proceedings at major championships on day one and then backdoors the top 20. Uh, that doesn't really True. cut it here. Does not. No, it doesn't. Uh, you got his uh, gross brother in uh, Xander, his second Ryder Cup, three and one there, two Presidents Cup, six and three. I mean, these guys have been great there. I mean, obviously mm-hmm. went toe to toe with Victor Hovland, actually matched him at the Church Championship, except mm-hmm. that Hovland started five shots ahead and ended up beating him. Yep. Uh, T at the BMW Championship, T24 effect, St. Jude. I mean, look, like Xander, mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah, yeah, good form. A lot of the qualities that we're going to talk about, about doing well with Marco Simone, him and Cantley both have. Yep. So at least from the skill says they had that. And then Kyle Morikawa, that was the other guy in that press conference. Uh, second Ryder Cup, 3-0-1, oh, uh, paired with DJ for most of it. One President's Cup went 2-1 uh, there. Uh, T6 of the Tour Championship, but remember, he was dreadful over the weekend. Uh, the putter got to him there. T15, or, uh, T25 or T of the BMW Championship, T13 of FedEx St. Jude. So, okay results. Not spectacular. Uh, but really a ball striking doesn't have the distance, but he hits a lot of fairways, which is going to be pretty important. I, I think of the pods, like that's definitely the strongest pod. The Americans yeah, can try. I would agree for sure. And then you got the uh, Island of Misfit Toys. <sighs> the last one. Yep. Uh, you got Bruce Kepka, which what did he do with Ch- Chicago? Did he do anything this weekend there? I don't know. I know Bryson won. That's all I know. Bryson won today. Mm-hmm. Wasn't he like seven shots back? No idea. Because your boy Sebastian Munoz was leading by three heading in. Oh, no way. Sebastian Munoz choked the lead. So surprised. <laughs> That's true. All right. Well, Bryson won. Good for him. All right. Well, this is Brooks Kapka's fourth Ryder Cup. Six, five, and one. One President's Cup, two and two. Um, outside of what he did in Chicago today, I don't know what he did, but uh, T38 at Lib Bedminster for him. Not great. Uh, T38 at Lib Greenbrier. Not good. And the Open Championship, T64. So, not a lot of really good golf for Brooks. Um, that's slightly concerning. I mean, he mm-hmm. won the PGA Championship. It seems like ever since then, it hasn't been all that good. You know, there's always questions about, like, if, if things go south, like, is he really going to be one to kind of rally around these guys? I don't know. We'll see. Maybe. I don't know. So, like, I know he gets a bum rap, like, if he, if he actually cares or not, but I feel like he could, like, I know he says he only cares about majors, but this definitely ranks. That's, I mean, especially because he's a team sports guy because he played team sports growing up. You know what I mean? Like, it's got to, right. I, I, I think he gets a bum rap for this. I bet you he gets up for this. Okay. All right. Now, it seems like, based on kind of reading the tea leaves of the press conferences, it seems like they're going to pair him with Brian Harmon. That makes sense. I, I guess it makes sense. It, it probably means, though, that they're locked into just playing foursomes because I, Brian Harmon, playing his own ball here is not going to work out very well for anybody. No, I would talk about it a little bit. So, so seems like why would, Brooks, that, why would Brooks be stuck, though? I want Brooks playing as much as possible. Well, here, okay. All right. Well, why don't we finish the everybody else? Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about why that might not be a great thing for him. Um, yeah, and then you got Wyndham Clark, who was second in points, 
Uh, up and down, FedEx Cup playoffs for him. Ryder Cup rookie, no President's Cup. Uh, third of the Tour Championship. He played great there. T15 at BMW Championship. T66 at FedEx St. Jude. A golf course where if you spray it all over the place, that's going to be bad. Kind of similar to Sam Burns. Like, really high upside. So you can make a lot of birdies. You can go really south for him. Seems, seems like he's going to be just a four-ball player. For sure. Yeah. Okay. And then you got Ricky Fowler, who... Seems like he's going to be his partner, too. Again, another guy, which I don't know if I really trust him for alternate shot. I kind of want him just playing his own ball. Um, fifth Ryder Cup for him, 3-7-5 and five record. Two Presidents Cup, 5-3-4. and four. Um, Has thing, not really, been, him. Yeah, has not really been very too. good. He has not been very good since his win. Um, and has a crappy win, too. It's unbelievable that he got on instead of fucking Keegan. Keegan was in the mix in multiple playoff events. Fucking Ricky was not only because he was part of the boy club, boys club. I feel like that one is more egregious than JT almost just because at least JT can cite his fucking record. Ricky cannot. All right. Can, can and Ricky not, season sucked. Can we not talk about Ricky's win? Because I had had one in Morikawa in that playoff. I, yeah, it was bullshit. It's just going to make me, yeah, it's just a TIO relief. It's just going to make me mad. Okay. And the whole world. <laughs> oh, Ricky. I forgot about that with the fucking, oh, I forgot about the TIO. Yeah. Yeah. They right. stuffed to the three feet. Yeah, okay, hit, know, hit two two horrible drives on eighteen. One should win yep. the ditch, and it got stopped by the rougher. The other, oh, I had, wait, I had more power too. Unbelievable! And the whole world had Fowler too. That was a terrible yeah. afternoon. And then I went dark for a month because <laughs> I had a kid. That was the last you heard of me. Right. You guys probably that's thought right. I just quit. Guys probably thought I quit the podcast right. after that. All right, so that's the team. So here's the thing, though. You just mentioned you want Kepka to play as much as possible. Yeah. The problem with that, though, is that Marco Simone is so hilly <laughs> and such a tough walk that you got Kepka. He's healthy. He's, yeah, but he, there's wear and tear on him. Like his knee always seems to be bothering him a little bit. I don't know if they're going to want him playing 36 holes in a given day. So, so no one's going to play five sessions. Probably they're all. Everyone's going to sit at least one point because otherwise they're going to be gassed by Sunday. They're going to be useless. I'd want. So okay, there's got to be what? Who didn't play? There, there had to be a five session player, if not two, on the last Ryder Cup, right? Oh, there was, but Whistling Straits not as demanding of a walk as this place is going to be. That's right. that's the problem because like Whistling Straits, like it's long but it's flat. Well, it's not that bad. This yeah. is like you're walking 40 feet uphill, 30 feet downhill, up a mound, down a mound. Like it's it it's like they're already talking about with caddies. They're gonna have like like standby ones in case they just can't make it. Damn. So yeah, it's I don't think you're gonna be gassed if you play five. So I think about a guy like Brooks. I think I think they're gonna want to try and keep him fresh for singles. Probably okay. only play him 18 holes a day. Because 36 with him pushing a little bit. So, and they got plenty of other capable guys who can play 36 in a day. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's that. All right. So, that's the United States team. Yep. Now, the European team. So, you have Rory McElroy. By the way, this is a more interesting conversation because, first of all, you might not be in tune with what they've been doing lately. Yep. There's a lot of European tour results. And, spoiler, it's a lot of really good European tour results. Uh, so, Rory <laughs> McElroy. Yeah, so Roy McIlroy, seventh Ryder Cup, 12, 12, and four uh, during uh, T7, the BMW PGA Championship, T16, the Irish Open, fourth in Tour Championship. Playing pretty good. And then Irish Open, too, was misleading because he was in the mix and he kind of got down. I think he was down a couple shots on the back nine. He tried some hero shots, ended up hitting the water. 
that, that was more like a T six finish. He was he played pretty well. Uh, you got you got John Rahm, third Ryder Cup, four three and one paired with Sergio. The last one played great. Uh, the problem with him in the Texas playoffs, he didn't because he didn't play well. He lost control of that driver again. It was really bad. Uh, he got it back from the BMW no. PGA. He dropped. He drove it really good. Uh, fourth no. there, he seems like he is on point again. Um, yeah, Robert McIntyre, big shot Bob, Ryder Cup rookie, has been pretty dreadful lately. Um, what's up? Yeah, but that was two months ago. Uh, he finished T fourth. Silver line. I finished T four of the Czech Masters, uh, but since then T fifty five Omega European Masters, T forty five the BMW PGA Championship, and I think he played the French Open this week and he missed the cut like badly. So not great. I think with if you're a European guy, you know, hopefully, I mean, if he gives you a full point, that's probably a win. I can't see him playing. He's not playing more than three matches. Probably only playing two matches. I was gonna uh, say two. Yeah, pr- we'll probably see him maybe once in four ball. Um, and then maybe once in single, well, definitely in singles. That's probably about it. I mean, he could like, if you want to make a for, pace for McIntyre, you know, he can be a bit of a, he's got, you know, he's got a, you know, kind of a hard ass a little bit. Um, you know, there's always that story. There's that story. Who did he get in somebody's face over? It might've been Aaron Wise. He like, really? kind of like, he, he had caught, he had costed him at, uh, the, uh, open championship about, oh, oh, no, that's right. A hundred percent. Right. A hundred percent. Right. So he can yes. definitely get under people's skin. Yes, for sure. Yeah. So, I mean, there's that that you're banking on, but uh, as far as like form, it's not good. Um, yeah. Hovland who's fourth on the list. I mean, second Ryder cup, Oh, three and two in, the, in that Ryder cup, but he's probably going to play much better. Oh, he's a different golfer now. Yeah. Won the BMW championship, won the tour championship. Fifth of the BMW PGA Championship where it went for this guy is prime. He is a great driver, great long iron player, which we'll talk about a little bit. Yeah, no concerns there. Uh, Terrell Hatton was kind of scuffling for a little bit, but then he finished T2 of the BMW PGA. Nope. He seems like he's right the ship. This is his third Ryder Cup. Uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick was a disaster for a couple months, but lately it's been really good for him. Uh, you know, he contended the BMW PGA T9 or he contended the BMW championship T9 tour championship T3 at Omega European masters respectable T18 the BMW PGA driving the ball a lot better lately. So he's kind of on point two. Tommy Fleetwood continues to just crank out really solid finishes overall, really good statistical profile, third Ryder cup four, two and two overall T25 BMW championship T6 tour championship six in the BMW PGA. And like, like, like the BMW PGA, like these are legitimate, like that's a legitimate good field. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like really good players. So like, I know we're saying European tour results, but like that's, you're finishing six there. That's a good finish. Uh, even Sepp Straka starting to play pretty good. Uh, T37 BMW, but T14 at tour championship where he started, I think at even par. Okay. So he rose up pretty good. And then T10, the BMW PGA, even he's playing good. Um, Justin Rose, not playing all that great. Um, didn't do much in the Fed Cup playoffs. T36 made up PGA. This is a sixth Ryder Cup. Uh, I would anticipate probably his last Ryder Cup, too. He's 43 years old. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Shane Lowry, who's starting to play better. That was probably one of the more controversial picks, I think, for Europe because uh, he wasn't playing all that great. But lately, T3, the Irish Open, T18, beating up PGA. Playing good again. Uh, Nikolai Hoygaard, a exciting young rookie who hits it a mile, which is important here. Uh, former winner at Marco Simone, too. Yep. Third at the Czech Masters, T5 the European Masters. And he didn't play all that great at Wentworth, but still. A lot of really good finishes recently. And then my boy, 
Ludwig, who we'll talk about on Tuesday, has kind of a crazy over-under on points. Oh, really? What is it? You want me to tell you right now? Yeah, tell me. What is All right, it? I'll, I'll tell you a bet. I'll tell you a bet. His over-under on total points is two. Oh, shit. And it's minus 115 each way. Ooh. I got to take, that seems gotta take the bit, under. Yeah. That seems take the a under. little ambitious. Yeah, because what yeah. if he only plays twice? Or just three times, which yeah. I think he might only play three times. Like, this is still a really young kid with high expectations. Like, like you think about like guys who like like these young studs. Like Rory, I think got I think he was two one and I think he was like one two and one in his first Ryder Cup. Hoblin was oh three and two. Like foul Ricky Fowler in twenty ten. Like he was like a young phenom. He didn't play all that great. Like it's just yeah. like this is the he was just yes. in college five ass. months ago. The big ass. Yeah, it's a big ass. Yeah. So that's one of the ones I I, I bet under on his points. Spoiled. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a I think that's I like that. Right. But overall, though, like yes, we think so, about the 2021, remember how dog, dog shit that team was? Yeah. And people were afraid of them because you got Paul Casey and Ian Poulter and Sergio and Lee Westwood. Those guys were all we weren't shit. afraid. We weren't afraid, sir. We were not. No, afraid. no, they were. None of those guys were in form. They were yeah. well past their prime. Like Lee Westwood was on that team because he finished second at Bay Hill and second at the players. Oh, oh that God. his results were dog shit. I forgot fucking Lee Westwood was on that team. He was terrible. That that so and bad. I love Lee. He did not belong on that Ryder Cup I know team. You uh, Hatton was in bad form. Fitzpatrick was in bad form. Even Fleetwood wasn't playing all that good either. Um, like Paul Case was their fourth best player. We trounced them, man. That was fucking. We awful. did, and that was wow. fantastic. Thing is, this one though, like all yeah. these guys are playing great. They all have really good attributes for this golf course too. Like this is this is one of the more impressive European teams I have seen them field. Which is yeah. scary because I mean they have dominated the U.S. for the most part, especially over in Europe. And this is yeah. a really good team. I think there's the the ceiling is is high for them, right? And typically, we not when I'm thinking about a European Ryder Cup team, I'm not thinking about ceiling. You know what I mean? It's usually no. some some drags they're dragging from fucking like you said, dragging a corpse of fucking Paul Casey and shit like that. Like they they don't have a ceiling. Now they got some young, exciting guys who can hit the ball a fucking mile, and then who knows? You know what I mean? Who knows what they're gonna do in this? You don't know. Like maybe they lock in and turn into a fucking killer. They're gonna be a problem for twenty years. Do you know what I mean? Like that's the nightmare scenario. That is the absolute nightmare scenario. If Hoygarten and Edberg are all of a sudden. Uh, just lock in and just this is like the in their blood and they're they're such good players that they could just be such a pain in our dick for the next 20 years oh for sure i mean like i think what our biggest comment i think two years ago was like there's no one down the pipeline for europe really they got to find these players and we actually said that yes we did yeah they found it when hoygaard and aberg i mean there's also rasmus rasmus twin brother he's in there too and I mean, like Fitzpatrick is still young. Hatton is still in the prime of his career. Hovland is young. Rom How is old is Hatton? He's got to be in his thirties. I think Hatton's like thirty-two. Okay. Yeah, so he's he's a younger guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Fleet. I think Fleet was like thirty-one or so. Is so, he young? No, you know, actually, I think he's thirty-four. Okay. But still, a lot of these guys are in their prime. They got some young guys too, like even like a Sepp Straka that they found. Like he's got a lot of like volatility. Like he's going to be, I think, a really dangerous four-ball player because. Like he can make, we saw the John Deere. Like he can make birdies in a hurry. I know he drives the ball so good too. And maybe we'll just get to the the attributes right now. So, yeah. all right. So, wrong. This is the, 
Yeah, all right. So a lot of this is my article. Like, you know, obviously, like we kind of talk about a little bit, like, you know, in order to betting the Ryder Cup, you gotta guess who's we pair with who. Yep. We talked a little bit about the Europe the Americans already, how they're basically telegraphing it. The Europeans, I actually have no idea really what they're gonna pair because they're so analytical. I'm not even gonna guess. It's and they're re- they're always really cagey with that. Uh, you also have to guess too. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta think some of the young you gotta you, but you gotta think some of the younger cats are definitely gonna get paired with. So are you gotta think a natural would be Ludwig and Vic, right? Maybe. To make him know. comfortable. So, I mean, sometimes they paired rookies together. Sometimes they paired the like punt? Rory. Sometimes they paired like Rory with a young guy. Like you remember Rory and Thomas Peters. Yeah, yeah. They also tried to make Rory and Fitzpatrick a thing. That didn't work out. They made Rory and Torbon Olsen a thing. I think in France that didn't really oh work out God, either. I forgot about fucking. I know Thunder Bear. Um. So sometimes they do that. I think the Europeans also sometimes don't like putting rookies in foursomes. So that's why, like, I, I think Hoygaard and Straka, perfect four ball guys. They're very volatile. Ludwig, you know, we'll see. I, I can see he could definitely be a good alternate shot guy with how well he drives it, but, you know, he's still a rookie. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> excuse me, as far as pairings go, I mean, who knows? I mean, they can, sometimes they mix and match each day. Yeah. You know, they're, they're very well prepared, but you can also look at it from just skill sets in this golf course. And there's two things I notice a lot going through the shot link data with the Italian open, just kind of chart this golf course out. Um, long approach shots. That is going to be a huge thing this week. Uh, so even though it's 7,200 yards on the scorecard, that's deceptively short. Yeah. Uh, I showed there's three drivable par fours. There's a couple short par threes. Uh, otherwise though, most of the shots like Moronk and Hoygaard and Alexander Bjork were hitting were like over 150 yards and over 175 yards. No. Like, like I think like 12 of like the 18 shots are over like 175 yards. Okay. So now that was back in play in May. Maybe it was playing a little slower then. But I think just based on how the holes are set up, and also a lot of holes are significantly uphill. You got to adjust for that. A lot of really long approach shots. So that's going to be key. And number two, there's probably the most important thing that a lot of people are talking about, elite driving. Yeah. You got to drive the ball long. You got to drive it straight for a couple of reasons. Number one, very penal off the fairway. So obviously you want to keep it in the fairway. You don't really want to miss big. Um, the pass palm also lends itself to being accurate because once the ball hits pass palm turf, it's, it stops. It's grabby. It's sticky. So if you can actually keep... Wait, doesn't Brooks hate this fucking surface? Uh, that's Kikuyu. Kikuyu. Okay. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but has, I think, three wins of pass Paul. So, which he actually, does. funny enough, Tony Finau is the king of pass Paul. So they should have brought him. I know. You know, Zach Johnson, you know, technology and stuff. So, uh, but anyways, pass Paul. That lends itself to being a long and accurate hitter because once the no. ball stops, it's going to stay there, but the ball's going to stop. And there's a bunch of holes, too, where you can carry over the dog legs. Uh, like I think hole number f- uh, four is like that, where it's kind of like a meandering, uh, sharp dog leg right that bottlenecks. But if you hit it over the dog leg there, you can get, keep in the fairway. Saw all the longer hitters be able to do that in Italian Open. The shorter hitters had to hit much further back. There's a bunch of holes you can do that with. Um, so that's a very big key. And obviously with the drivable par fours that we talked about, where they can go for the green. A shorter hitter has to lay back. So, like a Brian Harmon is going to have a tough time. 
right back every time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He's not a great a long approach player, whereas Morikawa, you know, he's going to hit fairways, but he is elite with his long irons. I have no concerns with him. So, <laughs> excuse me. So it's it's basically going to come down to really those two things, and then like bent grass potting, like all that stuff. So yeah. here's I created a summary. I put this in my article, and uh, let's see. Can you see that? Cannot. Oh no. Hmm. Oh, because my bandwidth is uh, not great. All right. Well, anyways, if you pull up my article, I have basically a summary of about what everything everybody's been doing. All right. We're just gonna get rid of this. That didn't work. Um. So I put up basically everybody's long-term strokes gain, just comparing the U.S. and the uh, Europeans, what they've been doing off the tee this year, the driving distance, and what they are with the long approach shots. And honestly, it's pretty well evenly matched between the two teams. I mean, obviously, guys like Scheffler and Cantlay and Xander, they're all, and even Morikawa, they all gain a bunch of strokes off the tee, and they're all really good at the long irons. You know, Home has been driving the ball really well this year. Uh, he's improved with his long irons, so that's pretty good too. Yeah. Uh, other guys are really good at their long irons, like Wyndham Clark's been pretty good with his long irons, but he, he doesn't gain a bunch of strokes off the tees, kind of like like Sam Burns that area, because like it just when it goes bad, it goes really bad with them. Right. Uh, Brian Harmon, not a good long iron player. Speed, not really great with his long irons either. JT, no longer good with his long irons. Sam Burns, not a good long iron player. So you know they got some pop on that team. But there's definitely some holes in a lot okay. of the resumes there. With that, all right. So I pulled, I pulled up, I pulled up your article. Okay. All right. So you know what I'm talking about then. Yeah. The Europeans, though, like everybody on this list, is good in at least either driving or long irons. Like, and so right. a lot of them are good at both. Like, obviously, Rory, good at both. Rom, yeah. good at both. Pavel, good at both. Fleetwood, Fleetwood, good at both. Uh, Ludwig is really good at driving. Irons have been definitely hit or miss, but he's been better with his longer irons. If you ask him to do it, so how many rounds? It. How many rounds is this graph showing? Uh, so long term is fifty, short term is twelve. Okay, yeah. Um, you got Fitzpatrick, who's been driving the ball a lot better lately. He's added distance, mm -hmm. and he's actually been pretty good with his long irons this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Bob McIntyre, I don't buy. This is all from Data Golf, by the way. I don't buy his. Mm -hmm. Strokes gain over 150, but they apparently he's good, and he hits it a long ways. Mm. So he at least has that in his game. Uh, Shane Lowry, pretty good driver this year. Decent with the long irons. Um, Rose is really good from long range. Not a good driver, though. Uh, but there might be an opportunity to bet something with him that I'll talk about on Tuesday. Um, but just in a Nikolai Hoygaard, really long driver. Like, they did a real. This is a really well constructed team. This European team that is very. There's been. It seems like there was a lot of thought, and I know a lot of these players are kind of handed to Luke Donald because there really wasn't a lot of choices. But like the ones they got to work with, pairing up with what is important at Marco Simone, like this is this is a good good team. I mean, so I mean, really, if you're looking at this, there's two objectively bad players on Europe, right? Rose and McIntyre right now, how they're playing, right? Yeah. Like they're just not playing well. Mm -hmm. And on the U S we have one objectively bad player playing right now, which is JT. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they all been playing pretty bad lately. 
I mean, Steve's yeah, yeah, been like playing pretty bad. Brooks been playing pretty bad. Ricky's been playing pretty bad. Wyndham Clark's been up yeah, and down. Listen, the more I looked into it, the more I'm upset that Ricky went instead of fucking Keegan. And the fact that, I don't know, I've never been a Ricky guy. <clears throat> so, um, yeah. So, I mean, like, I, I think, like, you know, from a total strokes gain perspective, pretty evenly matched. It's a strong U.S. team. But, like, if you really start drilling down into you know, driving and long iron play, like, these Europeans... Like it's this is they're not gonna be a pushover. And now we're on their turf in front of a friendly crowd on a golf course that all of them have played except for Rom. And a lot of them have and two played. of them have won. Yeah, two of them have won. The rookies, by the way, that like, you know, you'd be like, oh, they're gonna be rattled. Well, they're on a golf course they won at. Yeah. Like that's gonna give them a little bit of comfort. All these, like, I think Fitzpatrick's lost in a playoff there. Han's got a top 10. Rory's played really well there. Like, like all these guys have success there. And I mean, that's, I, and like, I mean, Marco Simone, like, it's more straightforward as far as like what it's asking you. But with how some, how crazy and how stupid some of these holes are, like, the fact that Europeans have been kind of used to the style of golf, this golf course, and the US isn't, I mean, from a hostile crowd, like, like, people keep talking about like this talent advantage and like, oh, like, you know, it's just, it, don't worry about it. Like, I, I don't know, A, if I agree with that. And B, I, I think what you're looking for with this golf course, what you need from it, like these Europeans definitely have an edge. I would love to know what the ticket count is because that thing, the Europe has gotten steamed to the fucking moon. I would yeah. love to know what the ticket count is. I mean, yeah. I, to, at this point, I mean, so where the odds right now, I, I saw a minus 105 in the Americans. And listen, I'm, go, I'm dressed essentially in the American flag. Uh, I'm going to bet the Americans because I cannot stand Betting the betting the Europeans, but rooting for the Americans. I'm probably going to structure my prop bets as best as I can for pro-American success, anti-European success. Just you know, because I, I don't really want to root for like over on Shane Lowry points. But I, I, I as where you and I felt very good in 2021, yeah, laying a shit ton of money in the Americans. Uh, I don't yeah. feel nearly as good this time. Yeah, me either. Uh, and that's the that's hard. Look, like I said, I already took a small piece at whatever it was it like plus one ninety on Europe, which is fine. Like whatever, but it's just a small piece, and I got a little yeah. bit. I can easily overbet that position, and it's just gonna be hard for me to. This is really hard. <laughs> this is I don't because I like you're right. I just don't like I don't like most of the guys on the American team. I just don't. How crazy was and I'm it? Such a Keegan fan that I'm just so biased that I'm so stubborn and I'm such a prick that yeah. like I will cut my nose off to spite my face. Like I just will. How crazy it looking at this this screenshot that I have in my article about what these guys have been doing in the forum that you could have got almost two to one on this European team at one it's point. Not. Time. So that's why the plus one ninety was like, yeah, I know. Thanks, I'll grab that. Yeah. I know. Well, that was the whole point. Like like a couple of months ago, it's like like there's a clear problem red flags with this American team, how it's shaping up. Like, and yeah. you got this European team is going to be a lot better when people realize like you should bet the two to one at that point. Yep. If, you, if you're a neutral party, like that was the play. That was that. Yeah. At this point though, it's basically a coin flip on either side. I mean, I, I it's, it's, it's a matter of uh, what my head thinks, what my heart wants. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's all right. Listen, there's going to be plenty of ways to make money. We're both, I mean, look in, in reality, like, Look, minus 105 is a good fucking price for the U.S. Based just, on, just based on talent and pedigree, right? I mean, it just is. The problem is, is the history, obviously. What was the last time we went over there? Like 92 or some bullshit? 94, 96? 
Right. I mean, if, if you want to make the, well, history might not matter with this thing, like a lot of those losers from those teams just aren't on the team other than Scott Ricky. A lot of, yeah, 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 yeah. lot of bad success there. Cap good guys, ass kicked in Rome or in Paris. Spieth and JT were good, at least there. Other than that, though, like, you know, Xander Canley does scar tissue. Scotty doesn't, unless it's the putter. So, kind of does. You know, Morikawa, he, he can have, he's a bit of a hard ass, too. So, but yeah, it's just something stinks about this team. And I don't know if it's just, it's the players or it's the captain or what, but just something, something stinks. Something doesn't feel right. Exactly. It's like that fishy line. The fishy line that just hangs you. You're like, how come that hasn't moved? Yeah. Right. Like Steelers plus two and a half, which I haven't checked the score, but they're probably in their ass kicked. No, it's it's tied up seven, seven right now, but they only have have two first downs and one of them is uh, a touchdown. Okay, maybe maybe I won't get uh, swept <laughs> my picks this week. No. All right, well, I got nothing else. You got anything else? No, man, I'm ready for fucking the betting show on Tuesday. So let's just put a let's just put a uh, a pin in it, right? Just in case, like all the odds we have out aren't like good on Tuesday, we can put out a Wednesday show because it's not till Friday. Mm. Yeah, sure. Right. Of like course. I just don't know because you know how sometimes they slow roll this shit out, like especially like. Uh, Feel like last time we had to wait forever. Yeah, so so DraftKings is starting to put out their tournament props. I would imagine okay, they'll be yeah. out by Tuesday. Okay, sweet. Um, all right, then yeah. all right, awesome. If not, we can always yeah. delay it to Wednesday. No big deal. All right. Well, yeah, man. Fucking, uh, it's Ryder Cup week. Um, you're going to be the one waking up early. I think I'll be the one staying up late. So, uh, combined forces, we can watch the entire thing together. We just have to give each other the cliff notes. So you'll be up till about two thirty. Nah, probably. Like, I could probably make it to like three. And then I'll wake up around four. Yeah, so we'll miss like an hour. Okay. Then I'm off at like seven anyway. So okay, yeah, we'll, we'll miss the hour where Ricky loses uh, five and three paired with uh, Clark. <laughs> I got to figure out how to. I know you can DVR on uh, on the YouTube's. I just don't know how to do it yet. Yeah, you so just add to your library. That. Is that it? Yep, that's My it. Man. Very easy. Do that. I can do that. All right, good shit. All right, other than that, man, we'll be back on uh, Tuesday. Uh, Matt's going to have the DFS show tomorrow night and uh, Ryder Cup week, baby. Let's fucking go. Let's go.